the notions of being a responsible business owner and considering the environment in every step of the way and the people who are working with us has actually taken the forefront of our entrepreneurship journey. It is still about making, it is still about creating, but we're a holistic company and, and we're trying to kind of look at circularity as, as a sustainable business model. Welcome to the Ripples of Radical Generosity podcast by Coralis, a global community of women and non-binary people making real progress on the world's to-do list. Together, we're transforming the world to become more equitable and sustainable. Hello, everyone. My name is Danielle Cathit. I am an activator based in Canada, as well as a member of the Coralis team working on systems and strategy. Today on our podcast, we have Danielle Rettenberg from Remark Glass. Danielle, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here today. So to start us off, please tell us a bit about your venture. What do you do and what problems do you solve? So our venture is called Remark Glass. I am one of three co-founders. And we started out doing Remark as a creative um, entrepreneurship project as a glassblower um, with a creative background. We saw an opportunity to lessen the amount of waste and energy usage in our industry and try to use a material that's extensively available to us, which is waste glass bottles and jars. We started out in 2016 and slowly just integrated ways in experimenting with different styles of bottles and jars and seeing how they could be recreated through hot glass blowing into new forms. And um, that really evolved into uh, now six years of business and uh, tackling a larger recycling problem in the Philadelphia area. So you said you started in 2016. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into glass blowing? Yeah, I am a graduate of the Tyler School of Art, which is Temple University's art school, which is a bigger university here in Philadelphia. When I started going to school, I was really interested in a great deal of things, but really multidisciplinary in everything that I was doing. I had the opportunity to take a project into the glassblowing studio and have some of the grad students pour uh, molten glass into a mold. And I was hooked from the very moment that that happened. I think I have a little bit of a pyro gene in me. So I was really excited to see that kind of energy flowing through a material. So that would be back in 2002. And yeah, I never put it down. So tell us a little bit about your journey over the last couple of years as an entrepreneur. How did you get to where you are today? And what might be some of the challenges that people don't know about your industry? Coming from a creative space, I don't think that we anticipated growing the business in the way that it has. I think that the notions of being a responsible business owner and considering the environment in every step of the way and the people who are working with us, um, making sustainable jobs that can actually feed a family um, has actually taken the forefront of our entrepreneurship journey. It is still about making, it is still about creating, but we're a holistic company and, and we're trying to kind of look at circularity as, as a sustainable business model. And we've always bitten off a little bit more than we could chew with this aspect of faith and the ability to 
you know, jump into something with a creative lens and find really amazing solutions. And I think that being a small business gives us the advantage to take those risks. So you said you're based locally in Philadelphia. Is that primarily where you source your material or is that from other sources as well? Over the last few years, yes, I would say majority of material is actually coming from like the major like local zip codes right around our studio. So that South Philadelphia is our heaviest hitter. There are hundreds of thousands of tons of glass waste going through this community every year. And so, you know, we're recycling about 10,000 pounds a month right now, which is a small dent, but there's so much glass to to access because so much of it here in the States, every state is different, but a lot of it's going through a waste system that isn't inevitably getting recycled or put back into manufacturing. There's definitely a missed opportunity there to give more value to this material. I can say that recently in the last two years or so, we are seeing a greater deal of B2B business where Perhaps an organization that has stronger ESG goals, perhaps is bottling their own goods, for instance, a kombucha company, is looking for a way to use circularity in their model. And so we'll see partnerships come from things like that. Um, and those aren't necessarily going to be hyper-local as our, as our community-involved glass recycling is. And your end products, where do they ship specifically? Is it international or within the States? A majority within the States, a little bit in Canada, every once in a while, somebody from Australia, we get a lot from Australia. Um, I don't know if it's the Corliss uh, connection or if it's otherwise, but you can see it in our social media following that there's a strong following there, but mostly the States. So you have a social enterprise connection in your business. Can you tell us a little bit more about the nonprofit Bottle Underground and how your two organizations work together? Sure. So in 2020, right at the height of the pandemic, we were always sourcing bottles and jars from the community, but we decided to formalize that um, and create Bottle Underground as an entity that was interfacing with the community and allowing us to divert more glass from the waste stream. The origins of that really gave us an opportunity to have strategic drop-off days with our community members, a little bit more volunteer engagement, and then start to collect data on the amount of glass that we're pulling out, and then finding really creative solutions, aside from, of course, the, the percentage that is dedicated to Remark glass, we're finding other solutions for this glass waste, which is recirculation, downcycling, and remelting it and getting it back into recycling in different capacities. The way that they interface really is that Bottle Underground is bringing all this glass material in, and then the bottles and jars that we see appropriately fit for upcycling through our glass blowing process are then uh, earmarked for Remark Glass. And Remark Glass, in turn, has always financially supported Bottle Underground getting off the floor. So it's, it's been a really reciprocal relationship. Amazing. It's circular, just like your business model. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like circularity at its core. Beautiful. Do you have any stories of impact or customer feedback you'd like to share with the community? Yeah, I, I was thinking a lot about our social media influence as of recent. The education that we bring across is exposing the lack of transparency around recycling. And so 
we have a lot of our customers who are, are completely wowed that glass can do this, that, that glass can transform and be infinitely recycled in such a way. So I think having that wow factor of glass blowing gives us this real amazing opportunity to spread knowledge about the recycling industry overall. So I've seen really a great impact of followers who are just like looking for better ways to change their habits of recycling. And the funny thing is that one of the most common questions we get is, oh, can I ship you my bottles I've been saving? And we're definitely like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is really about finding local solutions and making it good fit for your community. So while I, I love to see the notions of scaling and making impact in different communities, we have to take the stairs. You know, we need to see that other organizations similar to ours or ours will be transplanted into those other communities so that the localization and circularity continues to make sense. Can you talk about a really unique project that you were able to undertake in the last little while and what was so unique about it? We've been using these amazing uh, GT kombucha bottles. They're, they're a company based out of California, but they are a nationwide um, distributor. And we make a couple of our glasses from their bottles. It hit really big on a video feed. And we've been now in correspondence with the owner of GT's Kombucha. And it's because their market is really excited about sustainability and health and lifestyle. We're taking one of their specialty bottles and doing a collaborative project, which I'm really excited about because I think that the brand awareness for both of our markets is really complementary. And I think there's a really great opportunity for companies like GTs to do these really nice circularity projects that give you know a beautiful brand story for them to tell. That sounds like a really great partnership. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. So you also mention on your website the importance of practices such as benefiting your local economy and participating in fair chance hiring. Can you share a little more about these aspects of your business that extend beyond your actual product? Mm -hmm. So with Bottle Underground, I mentioned before that um, recirculation is a big part of what we do. For smaller companies, let's use florist or candle makers, as an example, there's a barrier for their purchases um, in some of the containers that they need that they have the ability to use recirculated containers that they could access through us rather than making a purchase of, say, a minimum of 20000 from overseas. So there's that one aspect of bringing goods into a local capacity instead of making purchases outside of our local community. And I think that that's just a general good fit for increasing value right here at home. And then in terms of our fair chance hiring practices, and this is something that we've been increasing over the last couple of years. We are strong advocates for hiring people who have any sort of barriers to work. There's a lot of trainability in what we have here, and we have a great access to public transportation. We're a, you know very city-based company. And so people who live here can get here. It's easy access. And we're just excited to be able to build jobs to give people the opportunity to get on their feet and grow with us because there's so much opportunity to move this into a larger scale model. And so we've seen a couple of our candidates that we've hired through the fair chance hiring process have really been our most loyal 
and successful employees over time. That's great. Hiring good people is really the heart of your business, right? Yeah, I'd say it is. It's it's a challenge, especially in this day and age with inflation. Um, we've been really trying to set the tone for paying fair wages and giving good benefits, finding the right fit and the people who believe in the mission and believe in the the work that we're doing. It's not always a perfect synergy, you know? Mm-hmm. So speaking of the people who believe in your mission, I want to pivot a little bit to the Coralist community and a bit about your experience and what being in this community has been like. I can't speak highly enough about my experience in the Coralist community. Lauren has been my coach throughout this process. And I I think that anyone that comes into the community at first is like, holy moly, it's a little overwhelming because there's so many helping hands and we're balancing the entrepreneurship, we're balancing the day-to-day. And then there's just like the notion of the ability to ask for help, which culturally is not as wildly accepted as we would like to think. It's been great. You know, I think that just feeling that comfort of, okay, this isn't going the way I planned. Let me make a reach out and see if anyone has any advice on this. That's just like a really nice safety net to have. And the cheerleading never ceases to help. It's always a, it's a good thing to have extra people in your corner. And Lauren's really helped me through, um, like specifically through a lot of like challenging hurdles. I'd say coming out of 2020, I think 2022 was probably the more challenging year because we have hit the scaling and growing pains that even though we had a deficit in 2020, we're moving onward and upward, but that just means bigger bills and bigger fish to fry. They're all new challenges. And so having that expertise in my corner and somebody to really consult with has been really helpful. Have you had a chance to reach out to anybody else in the community or really feel the difference of what a community like this can do for your business? I definitely stayed close with a few of my like initial cohort um, and we've bounced ideas off each other. And then my inner circle of helpers have been ongoing consulting. I'd say like more so about five, six months ago, we're a little bit more on top of having some strategy consulting across the board. So like definitely within five to eight of the different members of the community I've had closer relationships with. And then I've also had the great experience of being able to like meet in person. That's been fantastic. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. So what really is next for Remark Glass? Where do you see the future of your venture going? So we've been focusing um, also in in Coralist um, like subcommittee meetings on scaling B2B business. Outwardly, our um, our direct-to-consumer market has been growing exponentially. Our web sales have been doing great. I think there's a real opportunity for us to, you know, stay hyper-focused on just a, a business-to-business model, again, as I mentioned before, where we're looking at the values and the missions of other businesses that are dealing with glass and finding opportunities for circularity within their systems. And... I think that there's some really great partnerships to get at where it might inevitably be a kind of holistic partnership with sponsorship of the Bottle Underground, leaning towards gaining more circularity in our local ecosystem, but then also the opportunity for brand partnership where we're making new glassware with these existing bottles that they're using or bringing some sort of 
you know, cool product back into their brand model. So we're really set up to start tackling that and look for more corporate gifting models and business partnerships alike. Well, you're in really good hands. Your coach, Lauren, is just a really great resource for B2B as well as corporate gifting and I'm sure has been providing you a lot of really great expertise. Um, Do you have an ask for listeners in the community or anything that you want to share about your business? Yeah, I mean, I think that anyone in small business right now, our feathers are getting a little ruffled because the economy, we're feeling the shift. And so while if you see our website and our social media and our outward appearance, everything feels great. You know, it looks like a beautiful picture. I would ask to our community to remember that the struggle is real for our small businesses. And there's a lot still happening that is making it more challenging to grow and to meet our bottom line. So for our community that does have the opportunity to do these sorts of partnerships with a company like ours, reach out to me. I'm excited to be able to solve circularity problems and look at your glass packaging with a really creative lens and and find an opportunity to make something beautiful. Thank you, Danielle. We also have featured your business, Remark Glass, in our venture gift guide. If you haven't seen and downloaded it yet, it's a really great resource for a whole load of different venture products that you can see from across our venture portfolio. And before we wrap, is there anything else you wanted to share? No, just a, a big thank you, as always, to the Coralist community for having our backs and for thinking outside the box. It's really great to have all of you. Thank you, Danielle, from another Danielle. Um, I hope that you had a really great time on our podcast, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you for listening to the Ripples of Radical Generosity podcast. Let us know what you thought of the episode and share this podcast with your friends. We invite you to join a global community of radically generous women and non-binary folks at www.coralis.world.